Tēnā koe, nau mai, piki mai ki te Starting in Te Reo Māori podcast. Ko Grant with Paul Tōku Ingoa. Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome back to another episode. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for all your support and for all of your fellowship to date. I really appreciate it. So in today's episode, we're going to have a bit of a discussion. We're going to extend on episode 35. So if you haven't already, I would suggest that you go back to, you press pause on this episode and head back to episode 35 and check that one out because a lot of the things that we're going to be talking about today are an extension on what we spoke about in episode 35. Now, episode 35 was all about this thing called NFTs, NFTs. So we're going to be talking about NFTs and in particular, so in in episode 35, we talked about what NFTs are and how they work, where they fit within society and all of those sorts of things. In today's discussion, I'm going to have a look at how NFTs sit or potentially can sit within Tao Māori, how they work alongside Māori people, how they work alongside the goods and services and arts and performances and all of those things that Māori people are involved with and and how these two worlds can really come together. And when I speak about two worlds, I'm referring to the physical world in which we operate and the Alongside that, the digital world within which we operate as well. So as a bit of a recap, and and without going over everything that we covered off in episode 35, I want to just remind you that an NFT can represent something both digital or physical. It can represent physical items, it can represent a, a phone, it can represent a shoe, it can represent a piece of art. Think of it as like a certificate of authenticity that might come along with your favorite piece of artwork that you might purchase or you know, any, sort of, uh, any sort of piece of paper that has a signature on it that has some sort of, gives some sort of assurance or some sort of authority to represent that the item that's listed on that bit of paper is in fact authentic, is in fact genuine. That's what we're looking at in terms of an NFT, except the NFT is digital and it lives on the blockchain. So it can't ever be altered, it can't ever be changed. We can't ever get a a fraudulent copy of a certificate of authenticity. It just won't happen. So that's the way an NFT can represent a physical object and it can obviously also represent uh, digital items and, and if you haven't already please do check out OpenSea.io it's a great website has lots of NFTs on there you'll see a lot of artwork so artwork is primarily what sort of uh, what's being used what NFTs are being used to represent um, but there are like I spoke about in the last episode there are lots of other applications as well and I want to talk today about how those applications applications could look how they could work within Tao Māori and for Māori people and I want to preface the discussion today by saying that the information that I'm talking about here, the applications that I'm talking about, it's specific to individuals. It's specific to you. It's specific to me. It's specific to uh, people that we know. Like this, this is technology that is at our fingertips. Like you don't need to be a computer scientist, a genius whiz. You don't need to be some great big organization with oodles of resources. Um, at your call that can develop these things like this is technology that you know a mum and dad can start implementing so I want to make that really clear because 
I don't want you to think that this is so far-fetched and out there that it's just it's it's technology that's 20 and 30 years away before it can be adopted by the average mum and dad. No, this is this is a technology that can be adopted right now by you and by me. Okay, so the first item or first area that I want to talk about, uh, it's quite a large one. It's it, it, it's it's very broad, and like I said before, it's been it's had a huge uptake in the NFT space to date. But that's art, and I'm talking about physical art. I'm talking about digital art as well. And if you've if you've seen on OpenSea, you'll see this, and there's some really expensive pieces on there. Um, and so what I think is possible now is to move past this idea that artists are poor or you have to be poor to be an artist because you know this idea that it's it's very difficult to get your art out there it's very difficult to find buyers that find your your art of value that they want to actually exchange something in return for your artwork which you know potentially helps to fund your lifestyle and and helps you to live off so there's i think there's a huge there's a huge opportunity there for artists for maori artists particularly that have a, a a digital presence particularly ones that have the capacity and the skills um, to produce digital art and i'm talking about uh, people with Photoshop skill, like obviously baseline artistic ability, but who also have the skills to use Photoshop, to use Illustrator, to produce really high quality artwork using tablets, using iPads, and all of those sorts of things. So here's a an example of a an approach to artwork that is quite popular in the NFT space, and it, it's around building and creating collections of work so it might be something where someone will produce say a collection of artwork that might have a thousand art pieces in it but within those a thousand art pieces there's slight variances there's uh, there's unique traits to some of them. So 500 of them might have a particular trait, a particular color, a particular characteristic. It could be anything um, that's unique to those 500 pieces. But then there could be some that have a, a really, really visually appealing attribute that is only across 10 of those 1,000 pieces. And so you start to build up this collection of artwork that is not just... 10,000, not just a thousand pieces of artwork that are, are similar. This starts to build this this level of, of rarity, rarity within that collection of artworks. Like almost think of it like, you know, you're probably familiar with trading cards or Pokemon cards or basketball cards. There's the real basic generic ones, then there's the there's the shiny ones, or there's a particular character, or there's a particular player that. Uh, that has some sort of additional value, and and that value just comes because it's 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 rarer, and more people want to have a piece of that, and that's where it starts to build its value. Well, the same the opportunity also exists in this NFT space, and I think there's that would be a great opportunity for artists to pr- start producing these collections of artwork that have a, a level of, of rarity or or some sort of story behind them or, or, or just something that provides the, the 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 buyer or the purchaser or the collector with another level of value 
beyond just the artwork. So, for example, there's a, an NFT collection called the Bored Ape Yacht Club, and I think there's 10,000 pieces, and this, these are artwork of all these different pictures of apes, funnily enough from the Board 8 Yacht Club, and they all look bored, but they've all got all these really unique traits about them, and some of them uh, trade for higher values than others. But what you get with that piece of artwork is access to this exclusive community that exists online. And so if you now hold that piece of artwork, it's not just a piece of art for you to to have, to hold, to put into your wallet, to potentially you know, show to other people and, um, and, and use it as a, as a way of expressing yourself, you actually get something beyond that. And that's the power of the NFT. It's got it written into it and built into it that if you hold, if you are the one that holds this item, you get exclusive access into this this club and and that's like just a, another opportunity to provide even greater value through artwork so for the artist for the for the multi artist it, it's it takes artwork to another level we're not just providing artwork to someone we're providing artwork with an even greater level of value a greater opportunity for them to engage with you as an artist and i just think that that space alone that opportunity alone is would be so valuable to multi artists now for me i'm not an artist at all so that's not an avenue i'm going to be going down but i just think the opportunity there for people to take a hold of that is just incredible it's just so big okay moving on from artwork the next item i've got on my list here is physical tonga physical tonga now i'm talking about not so much Tonga that get handed uh, down through families. Uh, I'm talking more about uh, Tonga that you know you might have to buy off a renowned artist or a renowned carver or something like that. And this goes back to what I was saying before about these digital certificates of authenticity. Well, now these artists or anyone that's producing these sorts of items could provide that alongside the the, the Tonga the item that they've produced. They could also provide a certificate of authenticity via the NFT and, and similar to what I was saying before about the, uh, the the additional value, the additional applications of providing value through NFTs in the artwork space, you, know, you can do the same thing here. You can provide some additional value through that NFT, whether it uh, you know, might be some exclusive access to you, you might be uh, running an event or you might be running a showcase of the, the items that you've produced. Well, you can now provide that, that, that extra level of value through the NFT. So physical taonga are another item that I think there's uh, applications in the NFT space for. Okay, so the next opportunity is for tamoko artists. Like, there's a lot of really famous, really popular, um, really high demand tamoko artists out there that do really, really good work. Well, again, they can be the ones that are providing these NFTs as as a way of of providing an, another level of value to their clients to say that hey you actually got some work done by me your tamoko was produced by me so you go in you you get your tamoko 
um, whether you know it might be someone that's I'm, I'm thinking more from a, a commercial perspective someone that's running a tattoo studio a tamoko studio well alongside providing you with the tamoko you might be able to receive uh, a little token a little nft that says that you received a piece you received some work you received a tamoko from that particular artist and you know it goes into your wallet and now everyone can see okay oh checking out uh, Honey's digital wallet here. Oh, cool! He you know, he got some work from such and such, or he got some work from someone else. That's it. Just becomes a, another. Like I said in episode thirty-five, it becomes another way for people to be able to express themselves, express their identity in the digital space. So I think that's another opportunity for Tamoko artists to provide that extra level of value to their clients. Now, what about NFPs? not-for-profits, don't be confused with NFTs, I'm talking about not-for-profits or organizations that you might provide some sort of support to, you might provide in-kind services, in-kind support, you might provide financial donations to them, they could also provide NFTs to go into their donors' wallets. You know, I'm a donor, I sit here and I'm, you know, it's 2030 now imagine we're in 2030 and everyone's got a digital wallet uh, and now it's it's just another way for me to show in my digital wallet to express myself digitally that hey this is the cause that I support uh, the the NFP they could provide it based on you know a certain level of donations you know you, you provide us with a hundred dollars a year and we'll provide you with this this token that says you know you're in you're a bronze supporter, and then, or there might be a silver supporter, there might be a gold supporter. The opportunities are endless there, but the the thing to focus on here is is not so much the donation itself. It's not about the organisation receiving funds, receiving in kind donation services. It's about what can that organisation do for the people that it supports them. They can offer some additional value to their supporters, to their donors, through NFTs, through these tokens that say and verify that they are an actual supporter of this organization. Okay, the next opportunity is in the clothing space. Now, if you go on Facebook and look up the Buy Mouldy Facebook group, uh, it's one of these items that I see a lot of people producing, and it's clothing. There are a lot of people with uh, small businesses, with side hustles that are producing really authentic, really beautiful, really uh, rep- moldy representative clothing. And again, like I said in episode 35, I gave the example about the Nike shoes and the Adidas clothes. Like We might get to the point in the future where every time you buy a a piece of clothing or a piece of apparel from a big brand you don't just get the receipt with it you also get an nft put into your digital wallet to verify that yes you've actually bought an authentic item from us well there's an opportunity for our people in this space our people that are producing uh, clothing they're producing clothing lines have small businesses in that space that they could provide an nft alongside that piece of clothing when someone goes and purchases from them again the nft the purpose of it is to verify that they're an actual buyer and then that goes into my digital wallet and now i can sort of show that off to people and say hey look i'm i I don't just have this piece of clothing that you can see in my instagram photos you can check out my digital wallet and see that you know i've bought 
five or ten pieces of clothing from these guys in the last two years you know i'm i'm actually a huge supporter of that business and again it's just another level of value to provide from the business to the consumer to support their digital identity okay next item and i think this will be uh, just a, a massive item across a lot of industries but it's in the event and selling tickets space so at the moment when you buy a ticket for an event you know someone might be hosting an event through uh, they might be hosting the event but they're selling tickets through ticket tech through eventbrite or some sort of third party ticket facilitator well you could remove that facilitator and actually distribute your tickets through NFTs. So create NFTs as the tickets rather than having to pay for a third party uh, intermediary organization to manage that process. You're now managing the ticket sales and the ticket distribution yourself. So if I'm running a, an event and it's you know it's 25 bucks a head or something, uh, rather than getting on Eventbrite, creating an event and, and having a booking facility through there, I could do that facility myself through NFTs and, and distribute the tickets via NFTs and then people in the the broader application of this is that you won't have any scalping you won't have um, the people you know making fraudulent tickets all of those sorts of things but for our people you know it gives them the opportunity to manage that process for themselves and this kind of leads into what I want to close this conversation on and it's it's probably <clears throat> the biggest opportunity I think above and beyond where all these different opportunities sit whether it's uh, through artwork whether it's through tamuku or clothes or NFP donations any of that sort of stuff what this provides the opportunity for people to do is cut out any third parties cut out any middlemen cut out any intermediaries that sit in between you and the consumer so when we're talking about middlemen or third parties think of like if i want to go and if i got a clothing line and i want to make a nice schmick website to do to to distribute or at least market that clothing line i'm probably going to start like a shopify store or something like that and then shopify is going to take you know a small portion of all of my sales because they're going to take their cut um, it, when my stripe or paypal processes that payment it's going to take another portion of the money or the revenue that I'm making through my sales. If I'm selling tickets, if I'm going through Ticket Tech or Eventbrite, like I said before, they're going to take a part of the pay to the pie as well. Whereas if you've, you're able to sell your items via the NFT, so it's the NFT that's actually doing the exchange between you, the, the business owner, and the consumer, you cut out all of those middlemen completely. Now, the I guess the only tricky part for applying this in the current day is that nfts are traded using cryptocurrency so the the uptake and the use of cryptocurrency obviously isn't uh, that great at the moment there's a lot of people that don't have digital wallets so that's probably a barrier to entry at the moment but looking forward looking into the future i think that barrier is just going to get smashed down particularly with the uptake from larger institutions from large organizations big corporates all of those sorts of organizations and then once those barriers start to come down that'll provide the opportunities for the the smaller organizations the home businesses the small businesses to come in and be able to uh, play in this space so it it might be a few years away from now but i still think there's a lot of 
of opportunity there for our people. So if we take out these middlemen, if we're cutting out the middlemen and we are being able to keep more of the value that we're providing. You know, if I give 100 units away and PayPal takes a part of it and Shopify takes a part of it, I, I might, may only get uh, 85 of those units back in terms of value. So what the opportunity does here is, I, I think anyway, it, it helps to push people, I don't know if it's maybe an extension on or helps push people towards rangatiratanga. It helps them to move towards a higher level of sovereignty, a higher level of independence, a higher level of autonomy, because they're not reliant on those other systems. They're not reliant on those other third parties to be able to fulfill a part of the process that they're going through. And I, I just think that is that is such a wonderful opportunity for our people. So uh, that's it from me. I, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Like I said at the start, if you haven't already, make sure you go back and check out episode 35 because there's a bit more of a discussion on what NFTs are. But for now, there's a bit of a recap on what I think are the opportunities that exist for Māori people, for Māori businesses that produce art, that produce wares, that provide services to the market. The NFT space, I think, is just going to change that completely. So hope you enjoyed the discussion in the next episode. So I've got a little bit more to talk about in this NFT space. So uh, the next episode, I'm actually going to take it another step further beyond this discussion. And I'm going to talk about where I think the NFT opportunities lie for starting in Te Reo Māori for my own kaupapa, which I think is going to be really interesting. Uh, I won't say there's some huge opportunities, but I definitely think there's opportunities there to differentiate, to differentiate what the offering is by starting in Te Reo Māori and just do things a little bit different. Now, you probably heard in, if you checked out episode 33, I was talking about how I think Teaching Tareo Māori is starting to come become a little bit commoditized. So this is my avenue for trying to separate away from the herd a little bit, do things a little bit differently, and provide something innovative to people like yourself that follow this kopapa. So uh, yeah, check out the next instalment of this NFT discussion. Uh, that's it from me, and we'll talk soon. Kia ora. And that's another language lesson to add to your kete of knowledge. Hey, could you do me a favor? If you're listening to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or any other player, could you jump on and leave a rating and a review? When you do, it helps awesome people just like you, people that are starting out learning Te Reo Māori to find this show even faster. If you want to catch up, I'm always hanging out in the Starting in Te Reo Māori Facebook group, so you can jump over to Facebook, search that, and we can catch up there. And one last thing, if you're ready to get started, if you're looking to take a more formalized approach to learning Te Reo Māori, you can check out my self-paced course at startingintareomaori.com forward slash self-paced course, or you can check out a link for it in the description of this episode. And that's it from me. I'll see you on the next episode of the Starting in Te Reo Māori podcast.